Kenty will be fired up, no doubt. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. The six again rule has to be exterminated from the game. Exterminated. 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 The referees are refereeing like robots at the moment. Well, the rugby league world is in crisis as no greater luminary than Astonisher journalist Paul Kent says that the six again rule, so lovingly brought to life a couple of years ago by Sir Peter Volandis, has to be exterminated. It's a different world. It's a different introduction. I am Chris Gale, of course. You're on Fire Up the Podcast. And Dennis Carnahan is not here. I just want to explore why he's not here for a moment before we go into this huge issue and introduce a very special guest. Now, Dennis, as you know, works for the ABC, you know, taking your taxpayers' money and misappropriating it in so many ways. And that included covering the Manly Ringers versus Melbourne Storms at Four Pines Park last round. And Dennis sent me a message afterwards, said, I bumped into, get this, Cameron Smith. And he said, you know what? He's a really nice guy. And I said, okay, Dennis, we got together. And a little bit like Gus Gould did, low those many years ago with Ivan Cleary, I looked into Dennis's eyes and I said, Dennis, you're a bit tired. You need a break. So we won't be hearing the dulcet tones of Dennis Carnahan for a few weeks on Fire Up, but in his place, friend of the show, employee, if there is such a thing of the show, one of the great value contributors over the year, one of Australia's great rugby league poets, I welcome to the microphone, Bronco Reg. Well, thank you very much, KG. D- does that make me Anthony Griffin in this uh, in this scenario? Well, if I can just say, it's very nice to be here. I'm uh, I'm happy to play uh, any position as long as I get full back money uh, and four X's uh, increased uh, proportion to the salary cap. Uh, I'm I'm not going to try and sing songs because uh, my coach doesn't want me to be Dennis Carnahan. I'm just going to be Reg Rebetsky because there can only be one Dennis Carnahan. Uh, I've just got to be uh, I've just got to host like Bronco Reg. So I've had 15 four X's. And uh, and a wee in the street, so I'm pretty primed and uh, and wanting to be happy. No, I, I haven't had 15 beers. It was 14 beers. <laughs> well, Regis, there's two things I've just learned. First of all, Rebetsky, that's your last name, and and secondly, you're in the famous Brisbane Broncos Harlequin jersey. We, I know we're not a visual medium, but we will take a photo afterwards. What year was that? The jersey of the Broncos? Oh, I think it's 94 or 95. I always see Lockie, like early fullback Lockie, playing in this jersey. It's one of my faves. Right, and what's People strange about it? it Travelland is the main sponsor. MMI is on the sleeve, as is the Australian Rugby League logo pre seeding the NRL logo, but there's not a 4X symbol to be seen anywhere. No, no, those were the good old days. I think they were the bad old days for the Broncos. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. It's been uh, a while since you were involved. I think I can remember you dropping a little bit of poetry to live fire up. That might have been your last... Well, maybe you came in here once in anger, didn't you? We've um, no. Well, remember you, you got you got me in here to gloat about how poorly the Broncos were going last time, <laughs> which which was wonderful for you guys. So I'm gl- I'm glad you enjoyed that. Fortunately, you've just lost the last two because otherwise I've made an egregious error. Well, I wouldn't be here otherwise. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, Redfern Pat will be joining us later. But let's get into today's agenda. And we heard there Paul Kent last night on NRL 360 saying that the six again rule must be exterminated. Now, this comes off the back of a hugely controversial uh, finish to the St. George Illawarra Dragons versus Canberra Waiters game at Wynn Stadium last Sunday afternoon. Did you catch the game? I did. Ben Hunt laying all over, similar to Cam Smith, a bit drunk perhaps in uh, one of those tackles towards the end there. Couldn't seem to get up off him. I tell you what, that that windsock never went off the horizontal. For some reason, that's making me think about Victor Radley. I don't know why, but uh, it was monsoonal conditions and it was blowing a me. You know, 65 yes. kilometres an hour. And with the Dragons clinging on in the last dying seconds of the game, Benny Hunt, as you said, drunken sailor, a la Cameron mm. Smith. Smith. He's offside. Referee Peter Goff has waved six again. He's flopped into the tackle. He's accident. Potentially not waved six again. And then he's at marker and he's run around and tackled the Canberra player in possession of the ball. None Was of these. Was he square at marker? Allegedly. Okay. 
None of these, after the initial six again, drew a penalty out of referee Peter Goff. And let's face it, up until today, anyone have any idea who Peter Goff is? I, I still don't have any. Uh, was he the Prime Minister in 1972? <laughs> That's right. He's no Jerry Sutton, let's put it that way, and we'll come to Jerry later. But look, this is again, particularly after the Matt Lodge dive, and we'll come to him as well later in this episode of Fire Up, uh, which didn't go the Raiders' way when they were playing the Warriors early in the season. It was a dire situation that saw the Canberra Raiders plunge to another defeat and be stuck on around about 11th place on the table. Now, you'd be unsurprised that super coach Sticky Stewart had something to say. Ricky, um, should you have had a, a penalty at the end there, do you think? Or? What do you think? Uh, Potentially for for uh, offside. Yeah, well, well, I've only seen it once. Uh, yeah, look like maybe not square square at the markers. I only need to see it once, mate. But tomorrow I'll get a uh, an apology or uh, there'll be justification of the of um, there not being a not being a penalty. When you're in high performance business, there's always going to be pressure, and when there's pressure, you need courage. You need to be courage on that ruling in the last play of the day. So I think he's calling Peter Goff a coward. But um, the thing that stands out about that is, don't you love Sticky's answers a question with a question? He, that's his go-to. The, hey, what, what did you think? And when you've been fined $140,000 collectively for previous transgressions in a press conference, I think yep. he's worked out the perfect formula. Because mm-hmm. you can't surely be fined for asking a question. You can only be fined for making a statement. Is, is so the formula is what do you think? That's right. That's a, it's a pretty basic formula, but a successful one. And it put the Tyro Journal under a, a number, a lot of pressure, and I thought he handled it fairly well. Now, Ricky predicted with almost Nostradamus-like prescience that he'd receive an apology. Here's what R- Graham Annesley, on behalf of the NRL, had to say the following morning: In the case of either the offside, uh, the flop, uh, <laughs> or the not square at marker. Any of those three could have been determined to be a professional foul and could have resulted in not only a penalty but a sin bin. So there you have it. I think he got his apology kind of through the back door. Graham's Graham's good for papering over. He comes in and gives the apology afterwards. Not everybody's happy about receiving. Is that enough, though? Is that enough for Ricky? Well, you know, I think what uh, Goffy sort of, you know, in a hiding to nothing, and he certainly didn't go further and describe Peter Goff as lacking bravery. He says, I'm not going to say a referee's not brave. He said he just basically made a series of mistakes. And I've gone to the laws of the game, and it turns out the flop is actually identified as an area for penalties in the game. It's actually under law 33.B7, the flop. Be uh, part three, uh, section 37. Nathan Hindmarsh wouldn't have done very well uh, in, in that era. <laughs> you know who'd be a wonderful men- mentor for uh, Peter Goff? I think would be the cowardly lion from the uh, the Wizard of Oz. I think if we can get a consultancy uh, in there for I think he, I think he could do quite well for Peter Goff Whitlam. Look, I never got to the end of the movie, but I'm assuming that the lion found bravery in the end. Is that right? The lion gets courage, doesn't he? Because he's the cowardly lion. So, yeah, the wizard, yeah. Which are not a um, spoiler alert, but... Uh, well, if we go to the Tin Man, so Peter Volandis himself, uh, he certainly goes um, very much he's in support of the six again rule. He said the difference is without the six again, he would penalise them. So he's using the discretion either way. If you get rid of the six again, you're going to have a mountain of penalties. And he was also strong in his support of one referee. He goes, look, at this stage, I don't think there's any necessity to go backwards to the two refs. The point with that is that we got rid of the second referee. We improved the caliber of the touch judges because those second referees went into becoming touch judges. Now, he's onto something here. Yeah, yeah. Take highly qualified people and put them into positions that require less qualification and automatically you've got better qualified people in those lesser positions. That's capitalism writ large, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's also a bit of a Tom Cruise attitude. We're, we both love Tom Cruise, but uh, Tom likes to work with uh, lesser actors who uh, won't show him up as well. So... Peter looks pretty good. The, si- the Scientology thing is prob- problematic, as to use the modern vernacular, but uh, Maverick was a pretty good movie, right? Maverick was awesome. Well, Dennis Carnahan is dying to do a review of Top Gun Maverick, and I thought we'd do that. No, no, we won't do that now. <laughs> but Dennis from his- Well, I've got one right here, Chris. <laughs> Dennis from his place of rest wanted to highlight that Annesley only highlighted the three areas that dudded the Canberra Raiders and failed to mention the two factors that we've identified this year, Reg. Big club theory. Okay. I first identified by soon-to-be-departed Gold Coast Titans coach Justin Holbrook. 
is small we're club. not we're not a big club. We're a small club. So yep. Raiders by every definition you look at small Valley, club. small club. Yep. And then the countervailing unifying force of Gus doesn't ever really come into the radar. Now there was a historic friendship between Gus and Sticky Stewart, but at one stage, I think Gus described Sticky as the most pig-headed person he'd ever dealt with. Yes, uh, came into his hotel room with the beers uh, as a uh, posing as a uh, it was a not a valet as the uh, as the bartender kind of got his snuck in there to get in. Gus said, "Go to bed, go to bed, go to bed," and he uh, broke into his room. They're great mates. So uh, I. Just sit here with my arms folded saying, I told you so. I went on this show, June 2020, seeing the six again. It's a curse and it's now going to be exterminated. So we are sitting here at a time in history, Reg, where despite what Sir Peter Volanis and Graham Annesley might think, the six again has got to go. It's got to go. Now, Reg, update us. Yes, you mentioned last time we brought you on is because the Broncos were not travelling well. You're having a much better season of a Kevin Welters. How is it being a Broncos supporter this year? I am loving. I'm loving being a Broncos uh, fan this season. I feel like if if we get into if we're somewhere between five and eight, uh, I'll be really stoked. But I think I'm still daring to dream that we can that we can sneak into four. I really only think uh, like the cows, cows obviously Panthers, Storm can beat us. Um, and those guys, like I feel like the game has evolved to beyond like if you if you simplify your game and you run hard, you tackle hard, you're not going to win. It's still not enough these days because teams have worked out the attack, like the the Penrith style of attack where you attack over here, you attack over there. You know, you get one uh, a team preempting something, and then it's got the game's kind of gone to another level over over this year and even back end last year. So imagine what happens when they get rid of the six again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how much has Ben Iken been a factor in your estimation? Iken is Iken's a legend. He's uh, I think Paul's missing. I think yeah, or old Paul's missing. Uh, Benny Iken on uh, on NRL three sixty as well. It was their one year anniversary of Iken leaving last night. Did they have a cake? No, but he sent a text. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's. And Kent's uh, comment was, "Gee, time flies when you're having fun." I mean, I hate to see that. I mean, two great uh, broadcast compadres split apart like that. Yeah, and I wonder how Braith feels because that just brings to mind Vonnie has reappeared on the Fox League screens. Is Braith constantly looking behind his shoulder? He should be. <laughs> <laughs> now, talking all things Queensland, uh, what about the Origin team? I mean, we go to the mythological place that is Suncor Stadium Wednesday week. Very, very little movement by Bill Slater. Oh, wow. In terms of the team. In fact, Felice Cafusi, for personal reasons, is unable to turn out for you guys. So the 19th century romantic poet Thomas Gilbert has come in. Oh, lovely. And he's yet another... I could get Thomas Hardy? Yeah, North Queensland cowboy. <laughs> Too old. Too old. Yeah, hasn't has got a left step. Yeah. I only can play the right side. He's dead to me anyway. The the Cowboys seem to be the new Panthers for Queensland football. Oh, uh, could Billy love them more? Honestly, can he get a room with the Cowboys? Right. Does that, Honestly. Does that appall you? It the, does. The, the lack of Broncos representation? Oh, man. Corey Oates particularly. When he goes on, he, he goes, oh, you know, Murray Tuolagi, you know, like these guys, they're not they're not in the thing for – they're not in the, for no reason. They're in the squad because they're going to play. Like, yeah, Bill, yeah, I get it, mate. Like, oh, but Corey Oates, he's, he's been there before. Well, so stating a fact that Corey Oates has played Origin, not – he doesn't. He clearly doesn't like Oates. Oates is like satin, satin away from being selected in that in that team. So is that a Wayne bellyache thing? Is that you know yeah. you know master apprentice and the apprentice goes on and arguably surpassed the master. So Billy, as his agent, is sticking it to the Broncos and that Wayne axis by not picking Broncos. Definitely, yeah. Even, even though Wayne hates the Broncos, the Storm course, yeah. they didn't get the tracksuit, mate. It's back to the tracksuits. If you didn't get a Broncos tracksuit, you hate. The Broncos and you thrash the Broncos. Look what's happened with her. Thurston. Did he get a tracksuit? No. Can we just give all blokes who have any ability with rugby league, can we give them a Broncos tracksuit, please? So in talent identification, did the Broncos actually pass on Bill Slater, did they? Yeah. 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 Well, he's from Innisfail, obviously, but he did famously drive down in his car to a, go for Logan Devils or whatever. What a they dumb They missed club. it. They shoot, mate, at the start of Brisbane, they got to pull him over, say, hello, do you play rugby league? Yep. Here's a Broncos tracksuit. What's your tip? Broncos. No, what, no, sorry, what no, was the question? <laughs> uh, the Broncos. No, <laughs> Maroons, mate. Yeah, Maroons. By how many? Uh, I'm going to go six. I'll just take a note of that. Yep. Now, one other uh, area of rugby league that you're a great servant of, of course, is the Newtown Jets. 
Absolutely. The Jets have got upcoming games at Henson Park this month on the 23rd against the Bears, North Sydney. wonder if Matt Lodge will have graduated to the Roosters by that stage. And then the rescheduled Beer 40 Food Festival, where I hasten to add PWA is putting on some exhibition matches, pro wrestling style, down there in front of the big hill. Yeah, they're Such taking a great on the, day, KG. It'll Red, be fantastic. Yep, it'll be, I'll be there for sure. Come say hi. Uh, they're taking on Redfern Pat's Bunnies. I believe you had Can your I get birthday. In the ring? Hence, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, don't ask. You will receive. Um, I believe that you celebrated your birthday at Henson Park and a Jets game. How much of it can you remember? Oh, not uh, the early the early parts of it. When, uh, yep, Patty, Patty and Amy were there and we were all, Albie was there. Albie Tallarico does fantastic work down at the Jets. Uh, Stewie McCarthy, just legends. People who run the Jets and associated with all kind of grassroots, grassroots rugby, there's a phrase you haven't heard, KG. That's true. Are fantastic. It's just a fantastic day. I had all my mates there. We sat on the hill and we, uh, had, this is going to shock you. We had we had a few tinnies <laughs> and we watched the game and this is going to surprise you again, but Penrith beat the Jets. That, that was upsetting. But the Jets were on top of the table at that point. So They're now second, just behind the Panthers, uh, I think. Yeah. Are you going to declare your contra? What was that? Your gonna... contra. A lot of pro Jets speak. Yeah. I saw a handshake with Albion. Reg, oh, that, yeah, that had a Tommy Rodonica shirt on the end of it. That's off, off the record. That's off the record. It's, wait, oh, did I have a, yeah. I got the, I got the, Albie was lovely enough to, to give me a Jets shirt, which uh, which has got the, the Tommy, the catalogue uh, Tommy thing. It's, oh, a, it's, a wonderful, it's a wonderful experience and encouraging everyone who listens to this show to get down, particularly for the Beer Footy Food Festival. But uh, one of the things, of course, you can go on the Oval, particularly after the game, and I believe that Redfern and Pat were seen uh, doing drop kicks or something. Is that right? Well, yeah, I think I, Patty was having a go at, at half time. And I thought you've got a recommendation to how to improve Redfern and Pat's kicking. Is that right? Well, I'm, I just, I'm just putting this out there. So, Patty, I think what we should do is get an a la. So, Daryl Halligan would famously, before he could go home to his wife and kids, he would uh, set up shots from all over from from the sideline to sideline at about 10 different points. I think we reduce, I think we truncate this process and we just go 10 metres in front and then five metres either yeah. side of the post. And then I think we get, what do we get, a 10, a 10 camera crew uh, to go down there, get Michael Bay to uh, shoot this or either that or, or I could just use my phone down at Redfern Park and I think we get three tinnies. I think you have to, I think you have to have a tinny shot, tinny shot. I think you get the picture. Well, the, my the problem pattern. is that I'll have the tinny during the shot, maybe what's the, maybe, what's the you're holding it. maybe right. that should be the carrot at the end of it. Would yeah. be tin at the end of the kick. I tell you what, though, I soft mean, but okay, all right. They're always <laughs> looking for improvements at halftime entertainment in rugby league because we keep seeing the zor balls rolled out and someone trying to catch a high bomb. Yeah, Redfern cat kick, kicking for cash. I'm going to put it to the NRL. Who's putting up cash? <laughs> okay, now. Another very significant event, apart from the axing of the six again, which is probably being legislated as we go to air, was the Warriors, not the New Zealand Warriors, not the Vodafone Warriors, not the Auckland Warriors, just the Warriors. Just the Warriors. Finally Dolphins. came home to Mount Smart Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Reg, did you catch that fixture? I sure did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw the game. What were your thoughts? I just... Uh it was great to see the Warriors come home. Um, you, you might have heard that they've been uh, in in Australia all, yes, all during yes. COVID. Um, I know this is news to you. Uh, yeah, uh, it was it was a great game, and uh, it uh, I, I thought it went the way. Um, I can't remember what what was the uh, what was the score, KG. I, um, you have to remind me who they were playing. It was just such a World War Warriors experience. Well, it was uh, they, they were playing the Tigers. Yeah, I think it was twenty two to two from memory. Look. Yeah. Um, it was so ironic that we've been highlighting that the Warriors have so enjoyed their stay at luxury resorts, places like Terracal, Redcliffe, etc. They don't want to go home. And I'm thinking here of Nathan Brown, Ewan Aitken, Matt Lodge, if I can bring up that name again. How ironic was it in a week where there were monsoonal conditions in Sydney that it was a beautiful sunny afternoon at Mount Smart. As the Warriors walked onto the field with their Mark Hughes Foundation beanies, through the same tunnel that uh, Brandy Alexander and his troops walked through in 95 for their first ever game, who I believe was against? Uh, Manly. Well, I think it was the Broncos. The Bronco, Manly played the Broncos. Teal Broncos, no less. The Teal Broncos. Oh, I was too. So there were tears in everybody's eyes. Everyone was there. The Mad Butcher was there. I've met the Mad Butcher. I've been uh, the beneficiary of being uh, entertained by the Mad Butcher in his pre-game shed. 
He's a terrific character. I was with some Roosters supporters. Again, it was part of my community service. And we, <laughs> we got out of our vehicle and the Mad Butcher came up and he grabbed this guy who I knew, Paul, who was in his Roosters gear. And he goes, what do you do? Who do you work for? And he goes, the New South Wales Public Service. And he looked at the <laughs> security guys. He goes, right, get him out of the ground now, right? <laughs> and two burly guys picked this kid up and started to march him. He goes, oh, I'm just kidding. Come in, come in, come in. The Mount Smart, jo- yeah, the Mount Smart Joker was there who had not cut his hair since the last time the Warriors had played at Mount Smart. So hopefully he's got a haircut. Now, there was a guy, everyone pointed out, looked a bit like Aaron Woods doing a shoey in front of Stacey Jones in the box. Yep, saw that. There were three pitch invaders, count them, three. I mean, that is what I call pent up, is that we see a pitch invader, we've seen a couple this year, but there's a small pool, a small talent pool. Yep. Now, again, being New Zealand, there's no chance they were going to nude up. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I think it's disappointing. I think that shows uh, lack of courage. If you're gonna, if you get on the pitch and you get your gear off, I don't mind that. If you get on the pitch and you're just in in your clothes, I think that's lame. Yeah, and I just think it's interesting though that those three individuals have been plotting and scheming and waiting for this moment, and it was just a tremendous moment to see that. And the whole thing was only sullied. Well, apart from the result. The whole thing was only sullied, and this was pointed out on our Blowing Up Deluxe Facebook group that I know you're part of, Reg, by Chris Foster when coach-in-waiting Shane Flanagan, there I've done the same thing, Shane Flanagan had this to say. I think that happens for the Warriors, comes up with a beautiful kick, and then Dallin Latula says in the act. I think the Trans-Tasman Cable might have been a bit of interference there. I love the way he gets halfway through it and just keeps on going. Like it must in his head, he must go. I don't know how to, how to say this bloke's name, and then he still <laughs> you push on. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Buzz Rothfield. And oh. I guess just to me, it says it was a wonderful occasion for the Warriors. For them, it was a great homecoming. But given the Tigers got touched up, I wanted to shoot somebody. Back to Fire Up and joining us in the absence of Dennis Carnahan, the great Bronco Reg. Reg, I hope you're enjoying yourself so far. Any better and I'll be dangerous, KG. Thank you very much for that. And joining us for the second segment, Redfern Pat. Pat, how are you? I'm very good. The uh, powers that be at FBI would be rolling over themselves if they heard that Reg and Pat were hosting a podcast. We sure showed them. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Good week end for the rabbits. Yeah, I... I don't know. I'm pretty sure I said it on air that last week that Eels are South Bunnies. You did say that. It was actually going through my mind because I think they'd won five of the last six against the Eels going into that game. Yeah, and then average uh, winning score has been 37. This one was 37 points. 24 to 6, wasn't it? It's 30 to 12. Memories are a bit bit scratchy. (laughs) So do you suffer more in a win because of what happens after the win? Is that what I'm hearing? I don't think I need an excuse. (laughs) I tell you what, though, you did it in the slop. And we were talking about Shane Flanagan and his troubles with Dallin Wattini Zalesniak a moment ago. 
And he predicted in, I don't know, they're all calling off tube, these guys. I don't know that any of them are actually at the grounds. I'm not even sure the sideline eyes are at the grounds anymore, which might be an axe for me to grind. But uh, he said, trust me, win will be good. And win surface was outstanding. But Combank for the berries versus the sharks was a swimming pool, which kind of makes sense, mm. sharks. Yep. But Acor was just like... I a- haven't seen... I don't think I've seen a stadium that muddy in... Your lifetime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was an old-fashioned mud heap. Danganayim was starting to wax lyrical about the Panasonic Cup, which meant nothing to anybody. And it's always funny. Why would you? It just shows where you are anchored in time. For me, I immediately go back to the Amco Cup. That's what I think of. I don't know. I don't know what the Panasonic Cup is. Yeah, it was a it was a weekday knockout. Okay, and it was it followed the Amco Cup, which was a, the first nighttime TV we saw in the seventies. Was a knockout cup at uh, like I don't. And is that the one okay. that the Steelers won? Yes, they, the Steelers won. So we won need to get uh, A.H. Cayley, if we're talking about FBI alumni, Bronco Reg, talk about 1992. Yeah, yeah, that's Steelers right. Steelers beat the Broncos in the final for Steelers only piece of silverware. Yeah, this I mean, is pretty much like Ocean's Eleven. We're just like, we're getting the gang, getting back, the together. gang back together. I feel like we need a montage and like a little bit of music and like, this could be, this could be great. And I think the lose one to win one. I think the Steelers had lost maybe the same fixture the year before, maybe to the Bronx and then they came up and got that piece of silverware. And of course, it is the 40th anniversary of the entry of the Steelers into the Rugby League and they named their greatest 17 plus Graham Murray as coach. Couldn't find room for Trent Barrett. That's a shame. Hey, I bet I know who was in that team. Rocket Rod Wishart. Oh, yeah. The thighs were there. Your thunder thighs. Yeah. How good is his son? He's going, had a few games for the Storms. Melbourne? Yeah. Yeah, now, yeah. Now, of course, it was the return of the great Latrell Mitchell uh, Patton. Latrell, who's now also operating as an origin selector, informed us after the game that he wasn't going to be available for origin three, but he had a little quip he dropped, I believe. You're good to just step back out there and be a part of the side and winning. Don't don't boob it out, Pat. We were a grown-up show. That was fantastic. But it was a little, I, the try that uh, Cook scored uh, involving Latrell and young Ilias bouncing back. Gee, Sivo wasn't interested in tackling them, was no, he? No, no, <laughs> no. Ilias back having been hooked when playing hook, if you can say that, in the previous fixture against the Dragons. Good times for the Rabbits, Pat. Um, I'm happy for you. One of our teams wins, uh, Reg. When one of our teams wins on this show, it's a good weekend for us. I think it's a good week. Yeah, well, on the Latrell. Yes. So Latrell didn't pick his words correctly. I don't think. I think did, did La- better than Flanner. I think Latrell was more just resigned. I mean, the, the, when he was talking about playing Origin more so than the swearing, but I think he was just saying that I'm not going to play more than I'm ruling. I think he knew that he wasn't going to get selected. Right. But and New then, South? Are you an apologist? Is that what I'm hearing? No, and then so the news cycle for like two days was everyone saying, well, I don't think it's a loophole that Latrell rules himself out because I don't think he's going to get picked. So then you're thinking, well, then why is it in the newspaper? Follow it back to its source. And, you know, who writes in the newspaper things that just aren't true? It's Richie. Dean Richie. He's, oh, a, did- he's, a, he's a shocker for it. Excuse me. Dennis. Bullfrog. Bullfrog. Mm. Can I just say, this is a major difference in mentality between New South Welshmen and Queenslanders. This, I Can you imagine any Queensland person coming out and saying, I, I am not eligible for, for Queensland? On it, it, it doesn't happen like that. P- Peter Sterling's from Toowoomba. We don't go, oh, Peter Sterling should have played for, for Queensland. New South Wales is autocratic and they want you, they they are oppressive in the way that they select. They want to grab you and they want to force you to play or not to force you to play. Dennis it, has it, been gone 28 minutes. I know, I know. Dennis has been gone 28 uh, there minutes. There could be a song in this, Reg. <laughs> By the way, Reg, I hate to say this, but you're completely wrong. When, <laughs> when Jamie Lyons said, it's not in my desire to represent my state, we're so free thinking here. We say... We accommodate all different creeds, all different mindsets, and Jamie Lyon was able to apply his trade for the Manly Ringer Seagulls in peace. The boy from Weewa, he didn't want to play for you. Just face up to it. He didn't want to play for New South Wales. Not everybody does. I mean, he's probably... he's probably Plenty don't. Yeah, he's probably I, a Republican. I agree. <laughs> and a federationist. And Jamie Lyon was trying to say this state boundaries thing. I mean, look what happened during the pandemic. The whole thing is a disaster. Why can't we just be one nation? Well, well, phrasing. Well, speak, yeah. speak, speak, speaking <laughs> Pauline of Pauline believes so too, yeah. 
<laughs> hey, listen, Pat. Um, Dennis might be away, but I'm still fired up. I've got my axes to grind. I tell you what, fellas, um, I'm staying close to home with my Arara Valley axes to grind. As you know, there's been a lot of conjecture about which team Sam Burgess should go and join the coaching staff of. Should it be Wayne and his Redcliffe Dolphins or, in fact, Redfern Pat? I can't even remember the name of the South coach. <laughs> uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs. And I feel that what's been forgotten in this is the Arara Valley Axemen who are very high on the competition table. I think they're 7-1. and one. And so I bought into their... Fundraising raffle, Reg. Yeah, you bought a two hundred dollar ticket. That's correct. Ten thousand win- all up, and then half that money will be divided in tranches and given to me. Half. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, it's twenty thousand. What, what was it? Yeah. Ten amongst the winners and ten to the club. Right? Right. Did Reg enter? Have you uh, entered, Reg? You oh, could have it only fifty times. No, and, I haven't yet. Right. To be honest, and so what we wanted was sorry. Uh, what's going to be the best way to keep Sam at Arara Valley Axman, right? Emma Dominey terrific friend of the show, says uh, this is the three-pronged approach. Dennis Carnahan goes to Sam's residence and serenades him with a cross between Stay by Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs and Nothing's Going to Stop Us Now by Starship, one of Grace Slick's post-Jefferson Airplane vehicles. And So uh, Sam gets serenaded by these songs yep. and this convinces him to stay? Yep. I like that. Emma's going to sing to Sam? No, De- she wants Dennis to do oh, it Oh, Dennis, that makes, that makes more sense. Build okay. a Sam Burgess Centre of Excellence, I think that's given, yep. at Arara Valley. That'll lock him in. And then why not do the bait and switch and reverse it and get Wayne, who's only going to be good for one, two years at best. Of, of, of life. Oh, I mean, of come be coaching, co- come be in, yeah, coaching director yep. at Arara Valley. Yep. Terrific stuff. Like really, really clever. Now, uh, Courtney Shapter, who's very, very close to the Axemen, said, why would Sam want to leave the Valley? They're top of the table. And get this, Pat, pretty sure the bunnies aren't. Oh, well, not yet anyway. Oh, Pat. Uh, nor How do you feel dolphins. about that? Not, not, uh, not yet. They aren't. Courtney said, it's, uh, <laughs> "She said a sad Tigers fan leaning towards local park footy just to get a win." Um, and I actually think that Courtney might have taken her young boy across to Auckland for the game on the weekend. If I'm getting this correct, apologise or not. And I think I saw him with his Adam Dewey banner because I think the kid's a big Adam Dewey supporter, and so are we. That's a huge effort. That's awesome. Now, we want you to put your entries on Blowing Up Deluxe as to how to keep Sam at Arara Valley. And what's come to light in the last week is it's a pretty low bar you've got to get over because uh, details of Sam's contract were published. What's he on, a million bucks? (laughs) One Garlo's Pie, flavour of choice. One soft drink, flavour of choice. At the completion of each home game, regardless of result. So at least it's not saying you only get the pie and the drink if you win, like an incentive basis. Uh, an entry pass to all Group 2 game away games. One additional adult pass for all home games. So Sam's obviously not got a real tribe up there. So you don't have to come alone. Club polo, set of training kit, and two adult tickets to all mandatory club functions. That's it. That's all the guy is getting. That's quite a lot, though. Now, I just want to say to everyone, if you... Send in an entry that says two Garlo's pies and two soft drinks. You're not going to win. Oh. I'm pretty sure I've seen the books okay. when uh, in 2014, and that's all Sam was getting paid <laughs> to play at South. And then the first time he signs a legitimate contract, he's got to retire the poor thing, and they pay him out. So we need to keep country rugby league vibrant. It's very selfless of Sam to take so little. But we need more and we need your suggestions and you will win that $200 raffle ticket, which I think we're going to announce at the end of this month. So that was my Arara Valley accident. And I think Get that your um, entries in. giving him the extra tickets to invite a little friend, I think that you might be speaking Sam's language there. Yeah, okay. Just um, just putting it out there, isn't, is Sam still being paid by Souths after he was medically retired Probably. And, and paid millions of dollars? Handsomely. Uh, <laughs> handsomely. Um, so w- why would Rusty be annoyed that he goes and coaches for the Dolphins? Oh, and they're playing the loyalty um, card. Like Johnny Sutton has, you know, Cam Murray was last week. They're just wheeling them out, right? So John Sutton says, look, come back. I'll coach the backs. You coach the forwards. So he's a thinker. Like yeah. he said, and he also goes, and none of that head coaching goes too much stress. 
And it's just he's, he's trying to bring Sam back to the metaphysical womb, I think, that is Redfern Oval. Yeah. And having been there and experienced the spirituality that exists at Redfern Oval, I predict he'll go to the Dolphins. <laughs> now, we're a hard-hitting show, as you all know, and I want to investigate the other scourge of rugby league. Uh, over and above the six again, which has been a personal crusade of mine for some time, but I've won that battle. And that is, I feel the rugby league, as we've seen with the lamenting of the lack of hate in state of origin, that we are in the middle of a nice epidemic. And this is a scourge that threatens the very existence of rugby league. Now, the main protagonists here, of course, are the Travoyeviches. You know, oranges for the kids at halftime in June of footy, marking the lines, taking out the training Toblerones, dot, dot, dot. Now, we heard what Sam, uh, Jake had to say after Origin 2, and he thought the whole thing was pretty nice. Well, he was at it again after the win against the Storms out of Four Pines Park on Thursday. Danica, I thought, oh, I don't know, it was 36 to 12 with five to go, and um, yeah, a pretty disappointing finish, but to be fair, look at the 75 minutes we played before, that was pretty good. And against the quality side here to put a good performance like this is nice. A really dominant start for you guys into the top eight. How does that feel? Didn't even know that, so that's nice. Um, just, I'm just happy with the win against against Melbourne. They're a good side. Um, obviously. And how did it go for you backing up after Game Two of State of Origin? A bit of a slow start, but once I got into the game, I was, felt felt pretty good. You know, the boys were the boys were on fire, so it was um, it was nice. Relentless positivity. I don't like it. It has no place in rugby league, and you just wonder whether there's something going on here with these Travoyeviches. They're so sweet. They're so lovely. They're so supportive. They're so positive. They're so... What's the word I'm thinking of? Pleasant? No, that's uh, not it. Congenial? No. Uh, I don't know. I, I just can't... Uh, quite... It's a nice try. That, there, that's it. Oh, what? Nice. Uh, Thank you very uh, much. Uh, <laughs> but beneath the surface of the nicest people lurks a darker heart. Jake? Now, just uh, to preface this, Reg, this is um, Jake on the sideline. He gets taken off. Crowd cheers. Seems very nice. Okay. Um, the camera, the sideline camera, picks up him talking. So Warren Smith's going to say a couple words over it because this is just from the coverage. But Jake's talking in the background here. Okay. This is that one to the right hand side. There he is. You heard the omission. Quite right, Jake. Uh, terrific hand from the locals here. He is. Oh, perhaps their favourite. So there you go. Jake has clearly gone to media management 101. And that's the true nature of the bloke coming through. I've been maintaining these Travoyeviches are no good. Mm. And finally, Redfern Pat is starting to scratch the surface. And it's a pretty ugly scar he's developing, I think. He's showing his true colours. Yeah. What happened? Just so what happened? So the. Uh, so Jake's come off. That CNX Tuesday took me off. No, no. So they, they I told conceded that. a try. Okay. And it wasn't a nice try. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It was, um, and I think he might have seen uh, Cowboys media manager Michael Luck in the crowd. Yep. So he said, Michael Luck, that pissed me off. And then uh, your old boy, Carmichael, must have been around. And then he said, I told that Carmichael Hunt. You told that Carmichael Hunt. Yeah, okay. Watch this space. By the way, a couple of uh, other interesting things that came out of that game. Another example of rugby league mathematics. It's well documented that the Storms came home with the wettest of sales, which was very appropriate. For the weekend, and they scored four tries at the back end. Only one conversion, though they did decline a conversion, trying to at least square the result up. Now, there's been so much conjecture about how long it took to score those tries. According to the Daily Astonisher, four tries in the last ten minutes. Okay. Former RLPA RLPA CEO David Garnsey, who uh, we spent some time with on Friday night, yeah, Reg, tremendous fella. Eight minutes. Going back and watching the replay, Warren Smith, they've scored four tries in four minutes. Now, I went to the clock, and I've it's five minutes. But then again, as has been pointed out by Paul Kent, there are three clocks in rugby league. Mm. So the ability that rugby league has to bend people's perceptions and for time to alter and for the exact facts visually presented to you lead to different results. I say Peter Goffey's got nothing to answer for, right? You know, he saw it as he saw it. Congratulations, Dragons. Bad luck, Raiders. The other thing, of course, uh, talk about your polarizing figures, Cameron Munster. A lot of speculation about when and if he's going to the Redcliffe Dolphins. So he came out and did a press conference on the Saturday confirming that he's going to honor his contract, which takes him through to 2023 with the Storms. Wayne reposted with, well, that's a precedent in rugby league. Somebody 
holding a press conference and telling us something that we already know. And he's a bit sarcastic, Wayne. But Munster, I love <laughs> his reply where he simply said, Wayne is Wayne, which I think is one of the most profound things said in rugby league. You've got a perspective on Cam Munster, Rich? I think it's, well, I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing from, uh, from Munster. Is it a bit like when like Brad and Jen got back together? <laughs> They said they never get back together, and then they were just friends for years. And then they did. Did they? I don't know if they did get back together. I think they are back together. I think they are back together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I think he, he might be. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, pro- I'm probably like Principal Skinner, like in the when uh, Skinner and uh, Superintendent Chalmers are doing that. Like, who's on first? Well, well, the metaphorical uh, person who's is on first. But well, thanks, Skinner. You ruined a half an hour sketch. I, I feel like Munster's probably just gonna stay. Coached by Bellamy until he retires, and then he'll probably go and have a nice bit of Wayne time. Who is Wayne? Imagine, you know, the master and the apprentice blowing over you to have Wayne and Bellyache seeking your favour. No wonder he's feeling on top of the world. Would he want a rebound, though? Because so? Bellamy's, got, reba- Bellamy's got a style. He's very fatherly. He's um, obviously he cares about Munster. What is Wayne grandfatherly? His, his football. Wayne Bennett's sort of a similar flavour. Yeah. Would Munster want to go try something new? To a coach who doesn't care about him as a person. So maybe, yeah, like Seraldo's maybe an all X's and O's guys. And he's in, saying, in his, have, have yeah. as many schooners as you want. I, I, if, the, if, if we get Cameron Munster, the Tigers should employ someone who hates all human beings. But you're not getting... Okay. I said Seraldo, didn't I? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> now, speaking of nice... say Craig Sandercock. <laughs> <laughs> who used to be an assistant coach for the Tigers, I read the other yeah. day. I, I'm learning more about the Sandercock story every... Week as the coaching, that'll be, that's a different podcast as the coaching carousel continues to revolve. I also think it's a bit of nice, nice. Like it's all on this this nice thing. Nobody wants to give anybody any extra motivation because it's it's a fact that as soon as anybody gets any team gets any extra motivation to do anything, they become unbeatable. Yeah. It's almost like he's read the run sheet. Hundred percent. You end up yeah. with a bland game. It's touch football. Get rid of the six again. Get rid of the nice people. Expose the Travoyeviches for who they are. And we'll get back into the world that we're more familiar with, Reg. We went out to Penrith Stadium on Friday with your mate Phil Rose, Rooster supporter, and my mate David Garnsey, agnostic, in the pouring rain to see the Penrith Panthers triumph over the Sydney Roosters. And my whole takeaway of that experience was what a nice experience it was. I mean... Gourmet Wasn't food, it weird? Gourmet food trucks when you walk in. Free park next to the Aqua Golf at, at, out at Panthers. Five-minute walk into the stadium. Teacups. 100%. I go get the pie combo, and the girl comes back with three different pies and go, we have three, which would you like? I went, I'll take the pepper. He said, here's my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said, I'll take the pepper beef. It was delicious. The kid who was ushering on the aisles saw me in my black Proton Cars Tigers Jumper trying to blend in with the Penrith team. Did he knife you? No, he says, I like your team. Oh. And and they, for, you know, the top of the t- table, I think they were sort of under-motivated, weren't they? It's, it was fairly genteel, wasn't it? It was really, it was incredibly lovely. Everybody was really well-behaved. They were really lovely. They were just so happy. And this is what success, Content. This is what success does to you. It's like you're eating dessert on a, at the end of a heavy, rich meal. They are so gorged on success. Even when they went behind, there was no fuss. There was no concern. We're the Kardashians. We're going to win. As a Tigers fan, I am just green with envy. And I was worried that this nice epidemic generated by the Travoyeviches was now spreading over Origin because Origin's been pantherized by these nice, happy FTH Kardashians. And just when I thought there would be no hate in rugby league, Trent Robertson gave this review of the game. Yeah, that, I mean, that's just a horrible decision. You know, that, we shouldn't let a try in on the end of it. That's not the... But, I mean, there were so many poor decisions tonight. We had same referee last game, and it was like 30-odd offsides, you know, and it was a 3-1 penalty count. And it was like, well, this is normal. And then, you know, every opportunity, it was, you know, Sammy Beryl's one. Um, you know, we also had, obviously, the... the Sim bidding, which was, you know, we're not playing rugby union. You either stop the game, send him off, uh, send him to the bin there. You don't give them opportunities. And then the the offsides on the try line, it was just give, keep giving them opportunity. That was the that was the field position. You know, the offsides on both sides, you know, 
you can call Yo, you can call Cleary constantly, but if you don't if you don't um, penalise, then you know you end up with 28% possession. You know, if it was just it wasn't a good enough performance tonight. He's got a bit of a rap sheet, Trent. This time he didn't identify Jerry Sutton personally, but he didn't miss. Uh, we, we were awaiting the we outcome. We knew who he meant. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah, the Crichton Simbinning, insane. Four yep. tackles after it occurred. Verils, that's the, the mad. The Verils on uh, Scott Sorensen, it was just Jerry completely. Bloke fell over him. We, we, were, we were perplexed out there and we're a million miles away and it's in the pouring rain. The running battle Teddy was having with Sutton about the six agains and the offsides. Mm, I've never mean, seen him so worked up. The, the, the Roosters were completely dudded and Robbo theorises why that may be. Yeah, sure. Look, I, I, I don't you know. I said my piece on that. It wasn't a good enough performance um, from him, but, you know, that's, you know, uh, you, you still should be in a position. Um, that's It's not going to happen in Roosters' colours. It's just, it's... You know, that's not bias. That's a fact that you're not going to get those opportunities. I've got a question for you, fellas. So where do the Roosters sit in with big club theory? So where do they sit in there? Are they rebel? Because they get a dud deal from the refs, or so Trent would lead us to believe. Where do they sit amongst this? I have an answer, and that is it's a historic day. The six again is gone, and we are sitting at the dawn of a new era where the Sydney Roosters, languishing in 10th spot, are no longer a big club. The influence of Gus Gould is decades gone, <gasps> and this is what was happening. And you heard in that genteel, renaissance, well-spoken, highly articulate manner from Robbo that he was saying, basically, the referees cheat against the Roosters. And the only thing that was missing from that second gra- sound grab when he actually said that, if you listen closely, was that horn going off in the background going... Bada, 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 was that, <laughs> is that Trent, uh, Trent Robinson's uh, motif? Because <laughs> he had a... Uh, at night a couple years ago. So I played the Dragons until on well, before it gone. <laughs> he had a night last year where he said it was a circus. That's right. Against Parramatta. He said yes. the video referee is a circus. Yes. All that's missing is circus music. That's right. Ah. So maybe this circus motif is like the oranges in The Godfather. Yeah. If, if well, you, yes, exactly. Speaking speaking of which, I think this is the logical progression. I think Nick Bolitis has been in Trent's ear and said, you know, Michael Corleone's not good for the three, mate. Like yeah. he's got to get to the end. You got to get to Darth by the yeah. end here. So, yeah. you know, can we quick can we quicken this up? We are seeing the transformation of Trent Robinson. I'm absolutely loving it. When you throw in the fact that uh, beyond all the roosters whinging that we heard on Friday night. The Sam Verrills controversy with um, him um, describing what Payne Haas was looking for in his contract with the Broncos, Reg, to young Tyro oh. Joseph Sawali, which was an immediate release. Hmm. And Don't get me started on Payne. Oh, my gosh. The shoulders Pain are in the Haas. But Robbo, yeah. Robbo goes, there's nothing bad that goes on in dressing rooms. There's just different things that shouldn't be shown. Well, what? What, Robbo? What shouldn't be shown? I mean, i got no issue if... Um, uh, Victor wants to give Joseph an immediate release. This is yeah. a bit of yeah, or an immediate release for but, sure. Yeah, but surely paints. It's right. The signing of Matt. <laughs> I am no longer going to be an enforcer lodge. It turns out that what we're seeing happening in front of our eyes, there might have been a nice epidemic. There might be the Travoyevichs trying to be nice, but we're seeing the roosters and the roosters' way morph into something very, very different. You know what the roosters. Not nice. The rooster's way, bad. Yeah, I'm asking you, Brandon. I'm not trying to have a look at you. 
Now, welcome in, Reg. Before we start recording today, yeah, I'm just going to bring you up to speed on NRL 360. Okay. okay. So, we'll start with Origin. So, obviously, New South Wales had a lot of possession at Origin. There was a run of six against before Kafusi gets sin-binned. Okay. Yeah, which is unfair. And the consensus yeah. seems to be that that possession they had during that period took a toll. Um Yep. Arguing with all the six agains last night. I think he over He needed to do that to try and get them. Otherwise, it turns into a wrestling match. They just lost all composure because of fatigue. You, you know they only had 39% with your fatigue thing. They had yeah. 39% of possession yeah. 10 and, minutes. And made more than 100 more tackles yeah. in New South Wales. So six agains there. Good. Referee needs to do it to control the game. Uh-huh. Has a big effect on the opposition. Yes. So last night, though... Six against bad thing. Six against actually a bad for attack. Okay, and there is, and, and you talk to the teams. A lot of the teams will talk about how there's a tipping point when the six against come. The first time, if a team's pressing your line and, and you can see the six again to get your line set again, they'll keep coming at you. But after they've had two or three, suddenly the pressure goes on the attack. Hang on, we've had all these six against. We need to score here. So then what happens is they then begin to force just subconsciously force the ball to try and get a result. And the defences know that. So origin, possession, good. Club games, possession, bad. You just defend your line for weeks. Doesn't matter, just keep giving away, keep giving away, keep giving away. Yeah. I see the look on your face, Reg. You're saying it's different games, it's different shows, they're out of context. Different level, yeah, yeah. This is, honestly, this is two, there's one sentence in this next grab that I'm going to play you that I've cut out just to tidy it up. But this okay. is nearly like verbatim. And, and there, will always the be, there will always be human error. The coaches are referees, uh, sorry, the referees are refereeing like robots at the moment. That's two consecutive sentences by Paul Kent with like a half sentence by Buzz cut out. <laughs> wow. Okay, but we flow through. Well, to- with artificial intelligence going the way that it is, Pat, there won't be much difference between humans and robots soon. Yeah, well, yeah. Now... So that's the first segment of 360, okay? And then so we tie that up with the importance of, of why these refereeing decisions mean so much. The other part is this, okay? We've had three coaches sacked already this season. Hmm. We've got a fourth now who's looking over his shoulder, okay, <laughs> in Justin Holbrook. Blokes are losing their jobs over this. So Paul, <laughs> Paul Kent, noted, noted labour man, noted man of the people, is just sticking up for the blue-collar guys out there in the trenches, okay? First grade coaches. Yeah, first grade coaches on, what, a four to one million dollars oh, a, a year? volunteer, mate. He's, he's all right. He's on volunteer. He's getting two pies, okay. two soft drinks, but only if the Titans win. So okay. he's going hungry. He's on match payments. Okay. So, right. so you're following everything I've said so far, right? Yep, I'm with you. So we got segment one of 360. We're across. All right, so this is how we finish that segment and move into the next one. Let's move on. Uh, Justin Holbrook, what are we hearing out of the Titans camp? Justin Holbrook's under pressure with the referees. Right. So let's just let's just let's just heap a little bit more on him, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Justin, yeah, is is under the pump to uh, to use a not often used phrase. Now we do have a guest here, so we're going to have to do some rugby league maths. Well, I only went to grade eleven, Braith, but that adds <laughs> up to one all. <laughs> <laughs> That's Billy Slade on where the series is at at the moment. That means they're in game three. They are in game three. Now I'm going to play a game with you. Reg, I'm going to play you a grab. These guys are describing a team that played on the weekend. Okay, and you need to tell me which team it is. Okay. It was a very un-Melbourne-like performance. I don't know, Monk. Un-Melbourne-like. <laughs> but they haven't played like the Melbourne Storm. No. The lack of intent and physicality defensively, yeah. which is un-Melbourne-like. It's just not Melbourne-like. They just weren't the Melbourne Storm. Which team do you reckon that is? Melbourne. Because I watched it and I saw they're wearing purple. I see Pappenhausen. I see Craig Bellamy. I see they're playing. I look at the app. That's where the Melbourne Storm is supposed to be playing. Yeah, what well, you can't. How more change. Melbourne can you be? It's and, a good point. And I guarantee <laughs> you, unless there's a turnaround, if the Roosters continue to struggle, they will not ever be described for the balance of the season as unroosters like because only big clubs deserve the uninsert club name here description. And I'll leave you with this, Reg. I'm going to now describing another team. I'll make this one easy for you. This is, this is one of the teams that played State of Origin. 
there was some very un-Queensland-like defence in the last 20 minutes. They just... With them, I mean, it was un-Queensland-like defence, really, wasn't it? Now, which side was un-Queensland? Was it the side wearing blue or the side wearing maroon? It was the Broncos. It was... It, it, it was a state of origin. It's, I'm telling you, it's Queensland. a state of origin. I'm telling you what, Rich, yeah. you've done Queensland proud. You've understood that a one-all means that Game 3 is live. If you win Game and, 1, you're in Game 3, And Chris. you identify both those clubs correctly, as, or teams correctly, as Melbourne and Queensland. You've done all Queenslanders proud, all for 5.2 million of you, or whatever the census just said. Thank you very We can't count. It doesn't matter, Chris. Thank you. Pretty gone, Adam. The replay had come up, and I was told, challenge over. You've got to come earlier. Adam Reynolds blowing up the Larks. That one from Courtney Chapter. Thank you, Courtney. The Courtney Chapter show. Don't even worry, because uh, this is this is an infringement of copyright of yes. uh, blowing up deluxe. I've enlisted in Dennis Denudo from the castle, um, so d- don't worry about you, it. He's you know looking that's into a movie, it. right? He's, he's taking my money. What do you mean? <laughs> you creative five types. I'm payments. telling you. Yet again, art bleeds into rugby league. He said cash only. Like, <laughs> I thought he was true to his word. Anyway. So this one's a great pickup by Stewie Marler. Mm-hmm. This is Brad Fittler's press conference yesterday. And maybe in hindsight, who knows what's going to happen, but... <laughs> Again, bending the rugby league time-space continuum. It's extraordinary. Thanks, Stu. And I, I, say this, I say this nearly every week. Next week, I'll be on Media Watch. <laughs> Food combos has called me out on Twitter. Yes. So last week... I can't. The new cycle of rugby, like I can't even remember what we were talking about. But there was a clip of, it was Cameron Munster. And in one clip, he's talking about uh, Liam Martin being, yeah. uh, him having a rivalry. And in the next clip, it was him talking about Fleece Kafusi and them having a, a comradeship. Okay. But he used pronouns in both of them, just he's. Now, I don't get too political, but if this is the pitfall of, of, uh, of pronouns. Same pronoun, two different, referring to two different things. I never said the players. That was Dennis. And from any mistakes from here on in, Dennis. Are you trying to defend Under, yourself, Pat? Yeah. Yeah, I never. I the, the the point of that was that he that was that Munster. I think was swearing on was saying naughty words on, um, in the pre press conference. Yeah, I think Pat okay. just got busted myself. Busted. Well, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna be uh, on a, a a mission against pronouns. Well, it'll be, he a, said, she said. Is that so, it for Forty Seven uh, Texas? That's it for me. Uh, well, look. Generally, the final segment, Reg, is another reason to dislike the Parramatta Eels, and you are a very special guest host. It's been a thrill to have you. I'd like to hand the reins to you. That's a terrible compliment, and uh, thank you very much. Uh, look, it's not terribly vicious, but I'm going with the Parramatta Eels trying to steal uh, Herbie Farn Farnworth. Farnsworth? Farn. There's no S. There's no oh. S. Farn. I'm pretty sure it's Farnworth, isn't it? Or is it Farnsworth? I think that was a way to check. Yeah. <clears throat> Hands off. Hands off, para. Um, I know everyone since 86. Gosh, that was a good year. That was when I was born. Um, but... Uh, Hands off Parramatta, and that's another reason for Broncos fans to dislike the Parramatta Eels. In yeah. the development, Broncos development years, yeah, where like was there a dozen? Those are all of the years, Paddy, because like, we're no, constantly the, developing, from, constantly evolving, becoming better. The last half of Wayne Bennett's season, yeah, through the Seabold years, through the first year of Kevy, yeah, development, 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 yep. By my count, coming into this year, I think the only player that actually developed at a rate above what you would sort of would have done. Like Payne Haas would have, he'd be fine anyway, right? The only player I think that they actually developed out of those three years was Herbie. Herbie, okay. What about uh, Selwyn, uh, Ezra? No, nah, Selwyn, Selwyn and Ezra this year. Uh, oh, okay. So you meet of oh, Wayne. So in the, the bad years, so this is a good year. Yeah, okay, the Seabold. In the bad years, a lot of it was like, oh, they're developing. I see what you mean. So yeah. the good ones have come through under Wayne before he left. Yes, I think Haas, then... Haas was already sort of well on the way. Yeah, okay. Uh, look... I can't think of anyone else that actually... I'd like to apologise for us slipping into a genuine football conversation, <laughs> which I know is against the branding of the show. I will tell you this. I Google Herbie. Uh, it is Farnworth, no S. And on that same Google result, I get Herbie Hancock and, of course, two cinematic masterpieces Herbie. The 1980 Herbie Goes Bananas yeah. and 2005's Herbie Fully Loaded. Classic films. 
So my concern is that after the game at Leichhardt Oval, 7.35 p.m. this Saturday night, I'll have another reason to dislike the Parramatta Reels, but uh, good luck to everybody involved. Bronco Reds, thank you so much for joining us on Fire Up. Thank, it's been an absolute pleasure. Gentlemen, Ref thank and Pat, you. Thank you for working double time today and a huge audio load that I put you under. I put you under as much audio load as what happened in Herbie Fully Loaded in 2005. I'm that's, Chris Gale. That's why the voice is gone, is because yeah. I had to voice all those. Exactly right. Trent you've been, Robinson. You've been in the soundproof booth from <laughs> dust to dawn. Great movie, by the way. I love that movie. It's a great vehicle for Lindsay Lohan. Everybody be cool. You be cool. I'm Chris Gale. You've been on Fire Up. We'll see you next week. As always, go the tape. But, you know, now and again, we say things and we're proven wrong. And 